Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet jazz. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. I'm a people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. I'm a people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all ride. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Bay Heights Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm with Ryan. If you have any comments, any questions, you can reach us at Bay Heights Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear you. Here you guys, um, any questions you have, we have a mailbag episode that's going to come up soon. And otherwise, you can drop us an email at bayheightspot at gmail.com. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? Is, uh, it's going all right. Happy Chinese New Year to you. Yes, um, I'm not going to say it. And you just showed <laughs> me a fun, you just sent me a funny uh, Ronnie Chang clip. Um, <laughs> so is it that much controversy that you that it, it oh, can really no. it can really mean it can really mean a litany of of things besides <laughs> happy new year well it's not at all controversial it's just taken for granted and it's funny he mm. points it out because um like it's just a phrase you just it's you're just saying it just like happy new year but i never really thought as deeply about it until he gave that uh that yeah. commentary <laughs> like no it's true it's just embedded just uh Hope you get rich. Pretty much it. That's it, actually. Um, That's hilarious. I wasn't ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I was telling you a bit, like um, I don't know, like how much you know about feng shui. Like you know, there's the whole art of how you set up your house. You know, you put your your room should be here, and your window should face east. Or I'm not. I'm not definitely not an expert on this, but different people who are in the know on this, they'll talk about things like that and uh, all that. I, is I, I feel all- like. I feel like it's one of those things that people talk about and they're just, it's it's like people who talk about, it's like people who talk about uh, quantum physics and, you know, okay. don't know anything about it, except they maybe heard a YouTube clip and they like to lecture people on it. So I feel like this is one of those things. I think to a certain, yeah, a good number of people, it might very well be. Um, I definitely have met some people from the West who, well, more, more so who like live out here and talk about, yeah, you know, back when I was living in Brooklyn and. Um, you know, they would figure out their what they're going to do with their apartment. It's kind of like if you think about how uh, some hipsters will talk about their different types of copies. That's kind of what I think yeah. of when uh, some hipsters like to talk about their feng shui. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's kind of a lot of what you'll hear, like um, like let's say uh, you know, like a crescent. Um, actually, hey, I think you grew up on a crescent, right? In uh, in Oakville, am I wrong about that? You are wrong. I was on Winterborne Drive. So okay. Pretty long story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Winterborne. Okay. There was a crescent um, somewhere near where we lived there. I was on Gibson. Um, yeah. If I remember right, a crescent is where the bad spirits can just flow through, in throughout. So if you could live on a crescent, then that's a good thing. Um, and a cul-de-sac is, I think, where they get stuck so, or something like that. Um, oh. Interesting. So there's all these little things, or like you say, for example, after Chinese New Year, a few days after, you're not supposed to do any cleaning. You're not supposed to do any take out the garbage or anything like that, because then it means you're sweeping away all the good luck, all the good luck for the fortune that's supposed to come in. So uh, you're that's supposed to do all your cleaning before. Now it's all up to you how you want to de- how de- how dedicated you want to be about all these uh, customs. But uh, but there's so my wife principles, yeah. My wife lived in um, Richmond Hill, which, as you probably yeah. know, it's, you know, York region mm. in general. And then, you know, Richmond Hill, uh, Newmarket, you know, huge yep. Chinese population there. Her okay. house number was 44. <laughs> and apparently that was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
that was like okay. a wrong number. <laughs> and, and, and you know it what? Is, they yeah. they sold my in laws sold in like uh, two thousand. Like it was they sold at an amazing time. I mean, we're talking right. bidding war. We're talking. It was it was crazy. It was two thousand and oh god, like fourteen or something. And okay. it was um, you know the GTA real estate boom was. They were at the peak of it and they sold in february which they were told oh don't 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 expect anything to sell this house in february but they <laughs> okay, had it and it was like yeah. you know it could not have been further from the truth so we okay. learned that and okay. about certain numbers and you know bad omens and whatnot and uh it's funny you mentioned about um you know common saying so merry christmas in serbian is basically you say christ has risen and it's really weird okay. right because the little Serbian that I've learned, I'll try and add like a merry or a happy in front of it. And then someone will point out to me, you just said happy to have Christ risen. Like you sound like an idiot, right? So just stick to <laughs> stick to what we've stick to what we've taught you because this is the literal meaning. And yeah, okay. <laughs> right. So um yeah, it's just something that you Yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's just kind of you know, you think you're wishing someone happy, you know, Merry Christmas, for example, and you're saying a different language, but really you're actually giving more, you're giving quite the depiction of, of an event that supposedly took place and you're saying that to a fellow man, right? So it's just not something, when I learned yeah. about it, when someone actually, you know, smartened me up to what I'm actually saying in Serbian, it's just like, oh, wow, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't feel comfortable saying that type of thing, right? So it was, uh, so it was interesting was to it? learn. And was it a situation where you were taught the phrase, but because the, and you're like, how do you say Merry Christmas? And then, for, and then you're being taught by your, one of your relatives that, yeah, like when it's Christmas time, this is how we greet each other. And it's one of those phrases that just gets said without, I'm sure there's probably maybe some Serbians who say it would actually know what it means if they thought about it, but just say it so frequently and so easily that you almost forget like what you're really saying. Oh, that's kind of. That's yeah, how I felt 100%. once I was watching the uh, the Ronnie Ching video clip. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's 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 um there is Portuguese sayings like and we don't just say sorry in Portuguese. We actually say um, I I beg. It's almost like it's it's almost like I beg your pardon. We, I I beg for your apology. It's it's pathetic. <laughs> um, so once I learned about, it, I'm like, you guys just can't say like sorry. It's like, well, yeah, you can take off vowel here and shorten it there. And once I learned the short form, I was much more comfortable with it. But yeah, I think what happened with Serbian was I was learned the right way, and then I got too cute. I learned. You know, I was I was dating my 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 wife. She was girlfriend at the time. So, and we had a, we had a trip to the Balkans lined up. So I learned um, numbers zero through ten. I learned left and right. I learned adding happy before after. So I just I just got a little too cute with the words, right? And here I was taught one way. Mm -hmm. It's just like no, you can't just. That makes no sense what you're saying. Like you know, so basically it's just yeah. I was I was taught the correct way, and here I was just trying to make something that was you know, a standard for yeah. hundreds of years and, you know, making it up. So, yeah. You and I talked a bit about uh, the season. One of the things we both got into is fantasy and I cut it off because I, I wanted to dive into it. I had, I had a feeling that we were going to have a good, like real discussion on it. Um, tell me you, uh, how did you get into the fantasy league that you, um, that you, that you're in right now? I think you mentioned it might have been your first one or the first one in many years. Definitely first one of this magnitude and <laughs> int 
intricacies and you know the whole draft process i have i've basically only done um ncaa okay i've done oh you, that's, is, you mean like the bracket like the, exactly exactly okay yeah exactly S- simple yeah. bracket picking and then you pick the combined total of the uh, finals and i've done yeah. some world cup ones i did one donkey years ago like in 1999 which was not a Yahoo one. It was basically a guy at my mom's work who did a, a an NHL one where you kind of pick some teams and how many goals we're getting scored. So that was completely like, you know, um, man-made. This one was the first one where it was like, um, so it's my wife's friends who are nice enough to include me in a, in a guy's group on WhatsApp. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, they're like, they're, they're different from, I guess you could say my circle of friends, but the two or three, you know, sports nerds, uh, we seem to always have this tangent conversation. So I guess one of them had the idea of just, uh, hey, I'm starting a basketball league with <laughs> my other friends, uh, fantasy league, and whoever's down, let's let's do this. Let's do a draft like tomorrow, whatever. And, um, you know, it just it was super cool. They said like, you know, I said like, guys, if we can do this draft at like 9 p.m., it's when I'm putting my kids down. They're just like, absolutely. We're all roughly about the same age. I'd say I'm probably the oldest. but you know, relatively speaking, all around that 35-year mark. Um, and um, it's been really good. Like, both the fantasy league itself and then our subsequent chat, excuse me, which is almost like a almost like a Reddit sub-chat, you know, basically. It's, okay. it's what we think of the season, and it's just – it's really good um, back and forth. I find myself – I think I mentioned uh, last um, – one of our conversations was I find myself – you know, almost, you know, having, it's almost deja vu because I'm having the same conversations I'm having with you. And even if I hear something I don't quite agree with, but it's something that you have echoed in the past, say, you know, the, your infamous um, Golden State Warriors asterisks, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe, <laughs> po- I'll maybe point that out. Right. But well, you know me, I'll take any opportunity to, to be the heel in the group. If, if everyone's like <laughs> in, a, in, in agreement, I'm just the guy that, you know, and I got one friend in there that's my ringer. I brought him into the group. Uh, he he's the youngest actually. He's he's twenty five, and he like he'll message me like you know uh, privately and say like, "Man, I, I can't believe you say all that stuff for show. Like you're really funny." I'm like, "It's not for show, man. Like this is you know me. Like you've known <laughs> you me for a gimmick. couple. Yeah, exactly. I live the gimmick. Like, this is this is no different than us at barbecues, man. Like you, you come on, so." Uh, so it's been a it's been a good experience, like I said. Of of in terms of the basketball, it's it's made me watch more basketball, kind of know more about players, know more about teams. Um, and basically, that's when I had my aha moment that it's like, okay, I know something's very different in today's game compared to say the '90s, where it's just like, yeah, teams wins and lo- teams wins, teams uh, lose. But the skill differential, say outside, like your NBA first and second team is like, oh, my God, like you could easily fill championship teams with other players. And, you know, case in point, I mean, like here in Toronto, like the Raptors are trying to, you know, they're fielding options for like, say, Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry. And, you know, they might get some player like Andre Drummond in return. Like these all these guys could easily be on championship teams and help championship teams and just get teams over the hump. Like there's no the, the, the era of like scrubs. I wouldn't say the era of scrubs is over. There are teams that can field like, 
you know, they're maybe they're seven through like 11 guy, you know, could probably play in yeah. like Lithuania somewhere. But the, um, this notion the that starters. the notion that the starters and even key guys the off the bench, players, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Can't be components on a championship team. Like, in other words, you can't tell me that like, Kuzma and KCP, you swap them out for any player on the Pistons or the Houston Rockets today that they could not have, you know, been a champion last year. Absolutely not. I think that there's players like that that kind of blend in one and the other. Anyways, long-winded answer. Yeah. That's what fantasy has kind of that, that that's my Eureka moment is just realizing that the NBA talent is just so rich. It's really just different permutations as to why one team wins versus another. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Now, I've thought that for a long time. I mean, maybe there was a time in the past where you maybe there was that wide disparity, and maybe that I think that would have if that. Well, I'm pretty sure that it existed, but I think it existed even before the 2000s because I think my first fantasy leagues was happening in uh, in the basically the Colangelo era, and uh, my buddy Doug in uh, we were we were friends in Shanghai. He's from DC. So he would get Fantasy League, and he did it every year for, I think, like a three- or four-year stretch. So I was in there, and this was me, and then him. A lot of people that he knew we were friends with who were in China. Now, they're all, like, America-based, and then I think a group of people that he knew from D.C. So it was kind of an interesting mix. And um, and I observed a similar kind of – that was one of my first observations, like you said, was, okay, well, once you get out of the starters, you're starting to see a lot of similarities across all the – the stat lines like oh you know 27.3 points per game 23.5 points per game and then the, the assists and rebounds like i don't know it's like you're just talking about possession here or there it's really differentiating different people right and maybe it's like five extra minutes one guy gets that allows him to get those extra points i don't know but so for me i had that same realization and then also what kind of got me what um it was fun from a from like a social thing just to um something to talk about something to 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 have a shared experience with your friends that's what i saw as fantasy i think what threw me off about fantasy back when i first did it was okay it's not quite mirroring <clears throat> what i'm seeing on the court like the the big standout was jamario moon when he was on the raptors and i had him on my team and and i had some people who wanted to trade for him and i was kind of okay no one came up with a trade that i was satisfied with but um, they were looking at his rebounds. And I think I was like, okay, I guess so. You're right. Looking at the stat. But I'm watching these games, the Raptor games. And I'm watching Jamario Moon boxing out, boxing out his own teammates to get defensive rebounds. Or, you know, like the cheap defensive rebound when the offense just runs back on defense rather than even try to contest the rebound. And then mm -hmm. you leave it open. He'll always jump up and get those rebounds. That's how he just got his – he always got his like 10 rebounds a game or whatever it was at that point. And it drove me crazy because I'm like, okay, he had a good few games in the very beginning when he was like, um, when he was showing showing out and earned his spot as a guy who was a walk on. But uh, that was my first uh, first view into all right. There's definitely some fantasy guys, and then there are actual players. So I think that's what one thing I, I didn't quite like in the beginning. Um, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about later, like what I would like to see happen with the, the cats, but. But um, but yeah, like this year, and then I basically, um, my friend Doug had kind of just stopped doing the fantasy league, and then I think I just got much more caught up in. Uh, actually, I think he continued for a while, and it might have been just me who, like, I think one year I might have overslept it because I was just busy with work or something. 
the draft because the draft was there was a time difference between uh, China and Toronto. So then um, I uh, so then I one of my buddies here in uh, Singapore. So he's from he's like he's from Taiwan. He grew up in Vancouver, some kind of tied to both places. So he's into ball. So he he was setting up a fantasy league. He gets really into it. So I got in it. Um, one of the things I noticed this this time around is the sophistication of the tool of the app of just like the way the draft is done. So back when I was when I got into it some ten years ago, it was a snake draft, and that was it. Now it's like there's auctions where you're bidding on the players. Is that how you did your draft? No, ours was completely random. But um, I know oh, okay. people that have I know people that have done that. I, I know people who basically will rent out a bar um and have like a six hour draft usually for football but it's it's okay. it's absolutely insane so no i don't <laughs> i'm definitely not up for any of that i like the way we did it we did it in one night i believe our draft took about um an hour um so it was basically yahoo it was randomized so if you picked first i think you're choosing like last in the second okay. round and that's, so on and so forth draft. oh that's it's a snake draft. draft yeah i mean so it's like you uh, say there's like five guys or say it's ten guys Say yeah, Ryan we have goes 10 first. Guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. You go through one round where you go first, then to the sec to the next round to make it fair. The guy who went tenth gets the first pick of the next round, and uh, then you go in your reverse gotcha. order. So the guy, so you're like, so then you would go last. So then you just keep sneaking through through everybody, so that you're kind of evening out the the chances of getting X player. Mm-hmm. So if you're the like it's really interesting because if you're at the very beginning or end, you have the chance to go kind of top heavy, um, somewhat. But um, when you're in the middle, you're the fifth guy. You're in the middle of the pack. You're kind of uh, you're gonna getting an average of players in a way of whoever's allotted, say the round by round. That's in theory mm-hmm. kind of how it is. So the auction was something different, where you get your bucks, you get your sorry, you get your points, and then. Um, and you're just yeah, like you're just straight auctioning on these players. You're bidding on them. This is uh, I don't know. It's kind of funny as I'm doing it. I don't know if this is kind of a good look. Just bidding on players like they're I like their properties. <laughs> but, channel, uh, right? Yeah. So we're doing it, and um, it's interesting to watch how people are doing it. So it's like first you go in order, like snaking who you nominate up that you want, and then the other people in the league. We have eight people in our league can bid on the players. So you start like when you nominate someone, I think that's like already a point or two points or something. Then somebody else can go four points and five points. Then you just keep out bidding. And then you have to sort of ration your points because, well, if you run out of points and there's still like players on the board um, and you've used up all your points, then, well, you're just going to sort of wait it out until they finish all their draft. And you'll have like, you'll have some points remaining at the end because there's residual when you get outbid. Say, say there's 100 points and you've been outbidding everybody, then all of a sudden you have like eight points left. Like you'll have to wait until all of a sudden people have reduced all their their budget down to like eight points, basically. Then you're competing again, right? So, so it was interesting. Some people are conserving their points. Some people are just like picking their spots. They're just you. You see some people with these rosters that are much more average out. For me, I straight up went like top heavy. I was like LeBron. Like I just was. I saw LeBron James. I'm just like, all right. I'm just gonna outbid. I don't care how much I'm using. Then Luka Doncic is up. I don't know. He's kind of disappointed me a little i'm just like okay i'm just gonna outbid just grab him and like basically whenever i saw the names up top i'm like let me just go top heavy because like you we talked about like you the first point you mentioned about how you can really find whatever role player and slot them in i assumed that um 
there's only eight teams in our draft. It's not 30 teams, right? So then I assumed that once I once I use up all my points on as many players as I can at the top, I'll be able to just pull guys off of those rosters who are open people. And I've actually kind of done that. There's been like, who did I pull off? Uh, Lou Dort. I pulled that guy off. I'm actually going to ask oh, okay. you about your roster in a minute. But I figured, okay, let me just like spend as much as I can on the guys who are at the top. So my top my top rungs, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. I got them. I got those three guys on my roster. Wow. And then I'm like rounding it out with whoever else. Uh, I'll tell you what. I will ask you about your roster. I'll tell you who I've got using my strategy. Because I started off, let me just get LeBron James. Boom, took him. Then, then I got Nikola Jokic. Luka Doncic. I just kept bidding until eventually I just forced those guys to stop bidding. Uh, and then, of course, I did get outbid for many other guys, but I figured, okay, I'll just start with these guys, and if I needed to trade, at least I can trade these guys for multiple other players. Um, but So I also got Serge Ibaka, Dennis Schroeder, Jeremy Grant, Jordan Clarkson, Lou Dort. I picked up James Wiseman. It was kind of an easy pickup because he was a rookie and nobody wanted to bid on him. Um, he's out now, but... Um, no, no, I haven't really checked like how long he's injured for because I got three guys who are injured. So Jordan Cooks, oh, and Steph Curry, Seth Curry, Seth Curry. So um, that was how I got my strategy going. I was curious, how was your strategy? Like, like but you know what? I realized it don't really matter because you're a snake draft. So you don't have to. That's a thing. No. Um, with, yeah. Yeah. You're just straight gonna once it's your turn. You're just gonna pick the best available person. Really, exactly. just fill those slots. So exactly. So on one hand, I have appreciation for this auction. It added an, a different dimension to it. And so you could see some guys maybe trying to copy what I was doing or doing something similar. And you see other guys who are just like, let me just spread out my points across. Like they're sort of saving them up and they're averaging out their roster. Um, have you done many trades? I have not with players. So no, sorry, not with other players. I've just basically dropped players. Like, so yeah, I did have, yeah. I did have Schroeder. I did have Ibaka. I did have um, Kuzma. I had KCP. They're no longer on my team. Um, so this is how I, this is my mentality going into it. Having like, you know, very little fantasy experience. Um, I told everyone, um, no one get James Harden or else I quit this fantasy league. So they all kind of respected <laughs> that. I had third pick. So I did pick Harden and I was actually worried about Harden the beginning of the year because um, the points just weren't there. I'm like, okay, he's not mm. going to get scoring title. But now that he's like a double, double machine, he's probably currently he's leading the league in assists. So he's been not a bad number one pick. I believe Kevin Durant went number one and okay. um, Jokic went number two. And then I believe James it went Giannis, then James. The only strategy I had was uh, a couple. I wanted to get, for whatever reason, I wanted to get Rudy Gobert because okay. Defense. I've seen, I haven't seen too much of him, but I know this guy's a lock for like 12 rebounds a game. And sometimes he gets like 20, 22. And I'm like, he's the, he's the reverse double, double machine. Some guys are getting like, yeah. you know, 18 points and like nine, 10 rebounds. He's getting like 18 rebounds and like struggling to get 10 points. Right. <laughs> Just something about him. I really liked him in that all-star game last year. I'm like, mm, I right. like him for some reason. And he'll um, secure your blocks. Like you'll probably win exactly. blocks with him every week. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't know yeah. who else can. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm like, I want LaMelo ball because I just had a okay. feeling that like like he's going to 
eventually get more minutes than mm. um than, than Terry Rogier or at least comparable minutes and you just don't know how the season's gonna shake out. I'm just like and sure enough, he's like I, I, I think he's he started a few games. I don't know if he if he's uh night in, night out. Um Yeah, I think uh, he's starting now, right? He's starting now, right? So that was just it was just a gamble. I'm like if he's as good as everyone says he is, I'm just gonna take a chance on him. I had him at like fourth pick and you know um and I I remember like not picking a lot of players instead of him. I remember like um I skipped Kyle Lowry to get uh LaMelo Ball, for example. Um I picked I picked Fred ahead of Kyle Lowry because I thought that the situation okay. would come that Fair. Fred is eventually going to it's gonna be his team and you know yep. uh, you know or you know some sort of situation where you know, there's a good chance that the Raptors might be trying to trade uh, Kyle Lowry, and you know, there's, it's kind of a dog and pony show when you're trying to get rid of a player, right? You want to showcase him yeah. at the same time. A lot of teams are already shutting down players because they basically said, "Look, we're we're trying to trade this guy, so we're going to shut him down." So that was yeah. the only thing that went into my my uh, my team this year um, was just trying to pick guys I had a good feeling with, and so it's uh, I too have a bunch of injuries. I thought that. Karis Levert would have a good season because I'm thinking Ooh, these guys are going to load yeah. manage. Yeah. Well, I thought these guys were going to load manage in Brooklyn. I had no idea Harden was going to go to, to Brooklyn. Yeah, but I mean, I figured, <laughs> you know, I figured yeah. I'm like, okay, Levert was the guy last year when they had nobody. And, you know, Katie's going to take some breaks. Uh, Kyrie's going to take some breaks and this guy's, you know, good to have, you know, he's, he's a good third option. So is Karis was, Levert the one who went to Indiana? Sorry. Trying to think yes, Indiana. and then got the, the injury. Forward. Well, they yeah. diagnosed him right during the physical. Yeah, which is crazy. The you know. so the um uh I was gonna say that I took a similar. So wait, has anyone proposed any trades to you? Like I know that because yeah, what you're gonna touch on about picking up and dropping players. Like I was gonna go there. Like that's basically my approach. I've been receiving some pro- trade proposals for Nikola Jokic and. Uh, Luka Doncic, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm saying their names right, actually, but the um, but no, I right, yeah. uh, I did not find any. Um, I was not pleased with the trade proposals that were coming in, and then on the mm-hmm. other hand, too, given what fantasy is, I kind of understand why. It's because you're all you're really looking at is these numbers, and it's not like actually getting real players that you can work with and strategize with. It's just like. Hey, I'm just going to see if these numbers add up. I'm like, why would I take two or three kind of sub kind of B plus or C or like C C plus or B minus players for Luka Doncic? This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, yeah, hey, this, triple, yeah. this Mr. Triple Double here. Like, so basically I was like, I don't get what would it take. It would be like somebody has to make a bad trade for themselves. That's when I would accept it. But because most people are pretty smart, I'm not gonna. When, I don't get who's trading what. It made no sense to me when I see all these trades of just equals. I'm like, why even bother trade? Why not just keep the same player? Um, yeah. I don't know if it's like, oh, they're speculating. Well, you know, I think so and so is gonna get injured, or so and so is gonna get, you know, start playing better. I'm like, yeah, but how much better are they really gonna play? I don't know. So I don't know. I've been sitting. I've been sitting toasty. Oh, there's actually ten players in my league. I've been sitting toasty in the top four for several weeks. The top mm-hmm. four is who's going to make the playoffs. So, um, so I'm kind of there. We'll see what happens after this week. Um, COVID has definitely wreaked havoc for the league. Um, yeah, especially with I was um, gonna, 
yeah, you think you're going to have a, a good day. And then because you've, you've done your starting lineup and then next thing you know, you're looking at it, it's like three games postponed, like four of your players aren't playing. It's just ridiculous, you know? And um, so there's been that as well. I will say uh, you brought up Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier. So two things came to mind. Number one, one of the things that drove me crazy is waivers. I hate the idea that there's like this priority order. I was like, no, I saw him. I saw him on the roster. I, I should be able to just take him right now. And so I added him, and then in the, in the last few hours, somebody else took him. They had waiver priority over me, so they got him instead of me. Oh, that that didn't work. So which That's a terrible rule. this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like this. It's like uh, I'm I saw him first. I should get him. So anyway, I didn't get Terry Rozier. So instead, I settled to just pick up a Terrence Ross. I forgot who I dropped for for um, for that, but that would have been a big boon for me if I got Terry Rozier. So Lamelo Ball during the draft, I was like. I'm not going to bid on on Lamelo Ball. He went for $9. $9. And there were other actual legit players who went for less like that I got. I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, So I think I picked up Jeremy Grant. Not a single person challenged me. I was just like, Jeremy Grant's like serviceable. He was decent in Oklahoma. He was decent in Denver. He's going to Detroit. I know he's going to put up stats. And then now, like, you know, the pundits want to make fun of this guy, like Jeremy Grant. Oh, look at this guy. He's on this bad team and he's putting up these numbers. Oh, you know what? Like, it's... Oh yeah, he put he put up twenty four points in in today's game. So I was like, yeah, so obvious to me. Like he's going to go to Detroit and he's going to fill it up. Like they're they're not dummies. He's not dumb. It's like okay, fine. He's not going to win a championship in Detroit, no. But he's going to get paid and he's going to score some points. Um, and then Lou Dort, I saw that guy kind of falling out. So I kind of uh, actually I picked him up off off of the roster actually. But Jordan Clarkson. So there've been some nice surprises that I was kind of um kind of betting that they were going to end up just doing well this year like jeremy grant um is really jeremy grant was kind of the one that i'm the most proud of i think when i think about it um but um but yeah like it's the trades i find that i'm better off to just buy and hold basically because i can't say what takes same yeah i haven't made a single trade because why would i help somebody else get one of the players that i won Mm -hmm. in an auction that doesn't make sense to me um so, uh, the only the only trade proposal I had, well, I shouldn't say trade proposal. I announced that again on our WhatsApp chat. I'm like, guys, I'm getting rid of Draymond Green in one more <laughs> one more game because I think it was, uh, I think Curry was injured for a couple games, and uh, I just no, sorry, the opposite. Uh, Draymond came back. I drafted him knowing that he was on the IR, and for some for whatever reason, I thought that. Uh, you know, he, he had numbers that he was going to put up and clearly I haven't studied his career close enough. So um, he came back and he had a bit of a slow start. He's, he's obviously picked it up a bit um, in the last week or so as Curry has been playing more and, and you know, been kind of beast mode as of late. Um, but that's the only kind of guy I said, like, guys, I'm trading Draymond and uh, didn't really go anywhere. So I just dropped yeah. him, got the next player. And, um, and that was that because I didn't really want anyone else's guy that was ranked. I saw that there was players available that were ranked higher than Draymond. I'd just rather do that and not deal with the, um, the fuss about haggling exactly. the players. So, yeah, exactly. I periodically will just check who's available. And sort of just peruse because you know what? Yeah, like the, the some of these players that are available are actually players that were dropped from other teams, other pl- yeah. other players in your league. And 
it's actually a lot easier to just pick up who they drop than it is to try and trade something with them. Because once, exactly. they, once they know you want to trade with them, they're like, hey, how about uh, how about you go throw in uh, Anthony Davis too? I'm like, all right, how about I just wait for you to drop him? Like, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my I, I will. I will. I will say this. It's for me. Um, you know, going to work, and it's 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 just a cool thing to do. You know, it's like it takes five minutes of my uh, of my time a day. I'll just kind of field my team, see if I can drop into any player. I don't think there's there's a couple types of people I don't think I can be. I, first of all, I can't be a guy in like multiple leagues because I know guys that are in like <laughs> three, three, four baseball leagues at a time, three, four football teams, <laughs> hockey. It's just, it gets to that next level there. Uh, you know, we'll, you know, I'll go out for like a guy's night with a couple of the dudes and it's just like, Man, you're you've been on your phone. It's like, is you know, is your ball and chain like buggy? It's just like, oh no, it's just like, you know, game day tomorrow in four leagues, and I'm behind on my things. It's like this is just you're like a day trader at that point, <laughs> right? You're, it's 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 like like did did um, did AMC or yeah, yeah did AMC or GameStop go back on the market? and You're trying to like cash in whatever the hell that thing was about. Um, so I never want to be that guy. I don't. Yeah, I, I in fact I, I know I can't want to be that guy because. You know, there was a situation where I was going head to head with a guy and it was Raptors versus I can't remember what team he had Kyle Lowry. I had Fred. And here I am like, you know, want Kyle Lowry to miss points and Kyle and but Fred to score and get assists. And yet the Raptors (laughs) won. It's It's awful. It's just awful. I'm so, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that the sports purist in me does does not like this tool too. You're but, you're touching on a point I wanted to to ask you about, like right now, which I know and you're about to answer, but like just see if we're on the same page. Does it impair your enjoyment of watching the NBA? Absolutely. Or do you think it enhances? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. It it what it does is it gives me this alternate universe fantasy to like play out just to kind of fill my day i suppose you could say it's it's another you know i have someone yeah i have kind of relationship with the guys that i'm against and it's just you know it's it's okay banter but no i mean okay i will say this it's not as bad as um it's not as bad as betting for fights it it, (laughs) i um i once laid money on I, I remember it was like a, a three fight parlay bet over the course of like a year, I believe. And I bet, I bet GSP. I think I bet Leota Machida and I bet uh, Jose Aldo and Jose Aldo was facing Frankie Edgar. And it just broke my heart because I don't just watch the fights. I watch, you know, the embedded series. I watch the countdowns and Frankie Edgar just had a son and his son's already wrestling at two years old. And his son's yeah. like, daddy, don't go. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I just put money against this guy. Like I love Frankie Edgar too. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. Like <laughs> I, 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 I just want, I just want the best man to win, but like, no, shit, you're actually you know, interested yeah, in seeing him it was, it was terrible. Yeah. So I, anyways, I, I won, I won the bet. I won the bet, but I'm like, no, never again. This is, this is just, this is just not for me. Like these are complete strangers. But once I start watching these, 
um, you know, countdown videos and all this shit. It's just like, and I get to see these guys with like families and stuff and just like, you know, um, got no, just, just never again. So it's a little more, it's a little more palatable with team sports with NBA because it's like, all right, one team doesn't win this year. It's like, they're all, it's like you said, everyone gets paid. This is the fun thing to yeah. do with fans. Um, no risk of death. I, yeah, I do follow this one. Uh, I got one San Fran 49er guy that I that I follow, and it's just it's so funny. Like he just he wrote the most amazing tweet this year because he, he had a disappointing year. His name is Raheem Mostert. He was supposed to have like a breakout year, and he's just solid running back, and um, just injury plagued, and they shut him down for like the end of the season. And I guess in the 49ers, like last one or two games they because they weren't making the playoffs they wanted to give some some reps to some other guys so they 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 shut down some guys after the first half and i guess a bunch of people got some mean tweets and he just like straight up said like we don't give a fuck about your fantasy leagues and just it was like the most <laughs> awesome tweet ever and i'm like I, I couldn't imagine like all these guys like i think i think chad ochocinco was one of the first to like <laughs> you know, kind of say that. I remember him being very vocal because it's just like, oh, because he was asked about it. It's just like, hey, they shut you down and you could have broken this record and a lot of fans are disappointed. And he's like, what? Fantasy fans? Like, I give an F about those guys, right? So, <laughs> um, so I know so, I know Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco was one of the first to say that. So it does, look, it should be fun as that, but once it gets to the point where you're like, hey, mortgaging your kid, your, your, your kid's college tuition, or your mean tweeting athletes because you know they were two points short. They were like a basket short of a triple double, and then yeah, it's it's a it's a ridiculous addiction. Or the or the worst part, which is you know like it's a bit like the ta- those free tacos game. Like they say, if somebody you've just seen those articles where like say J.R. Smith hits a three point shot, kind of just at the end of the game, and then everyone's mind's blown up because it ruins the spread. So then people lose their money. Well, didn't like, um, Isaiah Thomas? Um, he 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 famously went after a fan because, like, he said "fuck you" or something. The, the clip is out there, and it's just like, why'd you go after that fan? Because he goes like, "Oh, that's right." He said "f you," and then and then when he confronted him, like he was about to pull a Ron Artest, and the guy goes, "Hey, sorry, man. It's just that we wanted a free frosty." Yeah, because if he right. if if he missed two free throws or if he sunk them, I can't remember what the sequence would have been. But anyways, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he did whatever caused the fan not to get the free frosting. This fan said something to him, and he just stepped up to him. And then once he found out it was about a free frosty, he was like, "Okay, now I know. Cool." Just walked yeah, away. Yeah, it's not personal. It's just about the frosty. Yeah, you know, it's different if it's personal. Like uh, that owner of the Warriors who shoved Kyle Lowry—that was personal. There was no, there was no, yes. nothing about a free frosty there. I'm sure, that guy can afford his own frosty. Um, the, um, the, the so about the enjoyment of the game, like. It I, I find that then I'm when I'm watching it, yeah, in the back of my mind it's about the fantasy league and team. So it's it is slightly different to enjoy the game. And it's true. Like I wanna just I think after this, I think I'm gonna be much more just locked in and just actually appreciating the game. Now with that said, I have acknowledged that I have acknowledged to you that I haven't watched it as closely. I just know that I wanna be able to pull up an ESPN article and just like follow the news or follow on Twitter, like what's Adrian Wojnarowski talking about and just not think about fantasy. Cause I think it starts to pull me away from, you know, it's a bit like when they I'm trying to think, of, actually I'm trying to think of a comparable. I can't quite think of one, but it's just like 
it's the next layer. Um, and I get it. it. It does help for interest in the league. Like some of those fans that Ocho Cinco doesn't like, I mean, they in turn might actually be generating more views and more dollars spent on the league, which goes into the players' pockets. So, no you know, question. that's a peripheral benefit. But it's just from my own personal perspective, I find that it, it does impair me. Because then also the, the conversations with different friends who maybe are much more fantasy-driven, it's a bit – there's a bit of a disconnect. Because I'll just be like, man, did you see that play? Like, uh, say if um, – I'll be like, maybe I'll be talking about Rondo as this genius on the court. And Rondo's not a fantasy guy. Like, I don't think you're going to make, make him a priority to get on your fantasy league. But I would, if I'm like, if I'm uh, Rob Palenka, I would have wanted to keep him around. I don't know why they let him go. Um, and because some guys just help you win. So then there's that disconnect too. It's like, well, you know, and then someone tells me, and he starts talking to me his, some friends are really good about memorizing all their points and rebounds and assists. They just know right off the top of their head how many, whatever each player has. I'm like, okay, well, that's nice. But I just need to know what actually went into those points and rebounds. Like, where were they on the court? Do they have guys in their face? Or do they cheap points and cheap rebounds? You know, and like, why is it that that guy scores all these points and just never makes the playoffs? Like, I mean, that kind of matters too, right? So I don't care how many points you score if you never make the, if you can never make the playoffs like Devin Booker. Um, you're, you're, you're speaking to, um, like the, the next level of person I can't stand. <laughs> so someone who has to, you know, say if you got like an hour for lunch or 45 minutes and, you know, the guy's talking about how many fan duel points he got and how he's this genius and whatnot. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, exactly that. If you actually ask him a real sports question, like, you're right. They they what they do is these guys read the ESPN articles here in Toronto. I know that there's a, a fantasy section, a fantasy show on weekends, I believe. They discuss all manners of, of fantasy sports. And I, I I kid you not, I, I do not understand it because they get to like the next level of fantasy points about um, you know, wins over replacement. It's just, it's just like, you know, how one player is better than the other because of this metric. And I've never heard of that metric, right? Because I, <laughs> I, I, I follow sports metrics and not fantasy sports <laughs> metrics, right? I don't know what, I know what, I know what blocks are. I know what, you know, um, you know, basically when it comes to basketball, once it gets anything beyond assist to turnover ratio, that's, that's to me is like the only stat <laughs> That's the most analytical stat I'll get into. I'm I'm a simple guy. Tell so, me your free throw percentage, your field goal percentage. But once a show <laughs> is dedicated to um to to that next level, you've lost me. And and <laughs> I also can't get behind um like for example, I know of um um okay, so this guy, this the same running back that I was talking about for the 49ers, he had like a 200 yard rushing game in the playoffs last year, right? It was like one of the greatest running performances of all time. It's not even hyperbole, it was insane. And the next and I think I think he was gonna get like most improved player and all that stuff. And the next year they were they were I remember I was getting morning coffee and I was listening to a fantasy show. And they were talking about like um, running backs you should draft, and they were talking about like their top five running backs are running backs like you said, cheap stat guys that like what the hell would I want to do with that? I want a guy that in a playoff game gets me two hundred yards rushing. So I'm almost 
it's it's just um it's a bit of a lower form of sports talk. I, I'd almost prefer <laughs> I'd almost prefer I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd I'd much rather prefer like Skip Bayless, Stephen A, at least talk about oh, like yeah. Yeah, right no. then then a bunch of like comic <laughs> then a bunch of Comic Con betas, you know, talking about their fan duel points. It's just no, absolutely not. It doesn't that that just doesn't do it for me. And then and then to have that same talk echoed in real life, say on your lunch break or at the water cooler or at a barbecue, it's like, no, man, that's that's the advanced analytics. I get it. It plays some kind of role in front offices. I have a feeling that fans, just the average people, just misuse them. And I have a feeling that in the front offices, they're being used in a maybe more sophisticated way, perhaps, maybe at least in the better run offices. And so maybe there's a there's a way that these are used, but I I don't know. I'm not using them right. But he's just like you know, you're kind of overlooking something that's just really important. Is hey, is your team doing good? Are they doing bad? And that's it. So yeah, you're tu- you're touching on something. I I when I was trying to assess which players I want, and I kind of look up the roster. The thing that I look for more than anything, I start off with for fantasy specifically, is just points. Because my assumption is, is that if you're scoring that many points, there's a much higher chance. There's some exceptions like Clay. Much higher chance you just have the ball in your hands more often. I know people will say, well, you can look at usage, you can minutes. I'm like, you know what? Just show me the points because then there's an effectivity to it. And then us with points, well, also because it's just easier. I can see points. I don't know how to read the other stuff. And then with points, if you have the ball in your hands, you're probably doing other things like passing it, like giving an assist, or you probably grabbed it and got a rebound. So for me, points is like a nice proxy for being able to do just about everything else. Because um, I don't want to look at 10 other different categories to figure out whether I should add or, add or drop a guy. Then I think what you're also touching on was something I thought that could be done to improve fantasy. And I pitched it to a friend and he wasn't sold because he's like, well, you know, that's just too complicated. I'm like, yeah, but that's if you want it to be accurate representation of what the what the game is, then you do it. You know, otherwise, then you're just saying you just want to have this hack side product. So what I was saying was two things. Uh, We talked about wins and points. The only thing I truly, really care about is plus minus, you know. So the, the point being, are you on the court? And is whenever you're on the court, is your team doing better? And when you're off the court, is your team doing worse? That's basically it. And then I know the counter argument. Yeah, but that's not mis- that's misleading because there are some players who just sit on good teams and they're on the court and then they, they get plus. But you can see looking at the stat line, they're not doing anything. I'm like, yeah, but that's the point, though. The point is that those stats don't mean anything. The point is, is that their presence is doing something else. Like maybe uh, – uh, I'm trying to think of, an, of a guy who's just difficult to be around on a court, like uh, Ron Artest. You're not telling me that just his presence wasn't going to intimidate the other guys who were just a little, just a little bit more worried about driving in, worrying, being worried that mm-hmm. Ron Artest wasn't going to hack him away, or Bruce Bowen, who was so dirty that he was always—I uh, don't know what that move is called—where you put your foot under the shooter so they they fall on your foot. I'm just going to say oh, that well, they, they, it, it's um, well in hockey it's a can opener. I don't know what they called it in, in basketball, but it was the same thing. It's 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 you're okay. you're splitting the guard, so it, it's a can opener. Yeah. So you're making yeah. So he lands on your foot, you roll your ankle. I'm just mm-hmm. going to call out the Bruce Bowen because I think he perfected it. Um, he did. Until someone else can per, can pass him. So yeah, he would Bruce Bowen, whatever player. And you're going to tell me that that doesn't have an impact on an offensive player, so that their points are just going to be a bit lower, and that maybe that when he's on the court, Spurs plus I don't know what his plus minus is. Maybe it's actually minus, but he was on the court a lot, and they won championships with him. So I'm going to guess that he was a pretty important part of those teams. So that's what I think about plus minus. Um, you're either you're either your presence is helping or your presence is not helping. And that's just sort of the way it works. Um, yeah. 
Couldn't agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And to echo that, I remember years ago because people were like, "Oh, you don't understand the Utah Jazz. They're they're finally going to do it this year. They're going to beat the Bulls. You know, this is the the second of their back to back." And I remember talking. You know, I was a teenager at the time, but I'm like. Even back then, I was like, I'd rather have Ron Harper than John Stockton. Like, John Stockton puts up, like, just the most incredible numbers. But, yeah, Ron Harper's going to be on a championship team and, like, not fuck it up somehow. Like, I just, I just, I just, John Stockton never did it for me. And seeing him lose (laughs) the way he did. And, and, you know, Ron Harper was not a closer. I mean, in the fourth quarter, it was usually, like, Tony Kubot or Steve Kerr on the floor and not him. But, you know, I just, I just refuse to be sold on a player like John Stockton. I'm like, there's a reason why he doesn't win championships. You know, um, I was just, I was just, you know, headstrong about that. And another thing that you mentioned was, you know, they, they, they always, they always, um, I'll always see like a bleacher report or something like 10 obscure facts. And of course, James Harden's always on there because like he's the only player ever to have like 10 turnovers in like two minutes or something like that. So he like holds the record for that. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's true. He, he might have a stat like that. His turnovers might be high. And I remember the big criticism on the, um, on the championship warriors teams were always like, Oh, they have, you know, huge amounts of turnovers, but there's turnovers that don't lead to points. There's turnovers that just result in like an out of bounds play. And, you know, so yeah, turnovers are bad. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's not a good stat to have. You obviously want to have uh, less turnovers than not, but it might just be that James Harden averaging, you know, 36 and a half points and also contributing like eight and a half assists is more than going to make up for his four turnovers a game, right? So it's just like when people say, like, oh, James Harden turns the ball over, it's like, yeah, he also gets a shit ton of assists <laughs> and he puts up points. So, wh- like, that's that's called the complete package. That's what you get with a player like him. So I think that's what fantasy does as well. It creates that yeah, but guy. You know, here you are having a good conversation about basketball and you like Boogie Cousins or, you know, you like you like Jamario Moon and some guy has to come and says like, oh, he cost me like 14 fan duel points because like he had the most turnovers in the third quarter and I was in a super spreader game or whatever it is. You know, it's just come on, man. So, yeah, you you get a lot of um, you're right. You have to with great power comes great responsibility. And that's what analytics are. It's like, yeah, you want, and, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs actually to, I don't know if you're aware, but they're, um, I forget the, the kid's name, but, but he's younger than us. He's the GM. Austin Matthews. Of the, oh, okay. No, 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 no. Austin no, Matthews no. is our, is our golden boy. He's our player. player. Yeah. Um, I forget the GM's name, but he's, I, I actually, he might be late twenties, but no, I think he's early thirties. Point is, is that he is strictly an analytics guy. I think he knows something about hockey, but he's surrounded with the hockey minds, right? It's very early WCW in the 1990s. They have all these like TV executives like Jim Hurd and all these players. And then, and then they're surrounded with like Jim Cornette and Jim Ross just to kind of like, okay, this is, you got the wrestling guys handling the wrestling aspect and you have the TV guys handling the TV. Like, that's like, that's like the perfect marriage. That's what you want. You want the old school guy saying like, I don't like I don't like this guy's lack of grit. He's gonna break down in crunch time. And then you have the analytics guy who goes, okay, but I think we should keep him because he plays really well on the power play, right? So look at his uh, shots on net and his percentage on the power play. He's not a bad second option. Boom. 
That's what you want. That's what you want in the form of a brain trust. Fantasy sports, you get like sometimes worst of both worlds. You get like a guy who shits on a good player because he has a high turnover ratio and, you know, he also can't see um, he also fails to see the the bad in some people, right? Oh, I think such and such is a good player. Uh, meanwhile, you're like, yeah, but he doesn't win games. Like he's, you know, what, what are you seeing this guy? Like we're having a basketball conversation now, not a fantasy sports conversation. He's, he's not a good player. Look, he doesn't make all-star appearances. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's not top 10 in anything. He gets a shit ton of playing minutes and, you know, he's not at that level. So, um, you know, there's, um, <laughs> it's it's probably one of the more frustrating aspects of you and I are basketball fans who like say dabble in fantasy sports as opposed to someone who is a fantasy sports player and dabbles in a bit of sports, right? They might watch the occasional sports center. It's like, yeah, they know who LeBron is. They know who Sidney Crosby is. They know who Tom Brady is, but they're really just like, you know, they don't, they don't really follow the sports or, or weren't even a fan of it. They're just doing this because, you know, this is just their version of day trading, but with, you know, sports guys. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's a great way to end it on that note. Uh, so everybody, you know what? It's funny. I think uh, if, if there was ever anything that's going to get fan mail or a lot of heat, a lot, a lot of heat on us, this could be the pod. So uh, please, uh, we love to hear from you. Bayheightspot at gmail.com, at Bayheightspot on Twitter and Instagram. Please rate, review, subscribe. Until next time. See you later, everyone. See you, Ryan. See you, man. Stick to your vision, keep the composition. Seen a lot of shame in the game. Seen a lot of pain with the fame. Seen a lot of highs and lows, but that's just the way life goes.